Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. God, I, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for the fact that you love us the way that you do. I, I thank you for the fact that you are holy. As much as I believe with everything in me that you came down and, and you sent Jesus and you lived among us and, and we celebrated that. Even the songs this morning reminded us of that. And, and, and he made himself known and it was a beautiful thing, but, but you're still God. You're still the one who breathed life into us. You're still the one who created uh, the entire cosmos by simply speaking. And, and I don't ever want to take that lightly. We should never take that lightly. God, I pray this morning as we, as we look into the life of Daniel and, and what it means to, to walk through these valleys, God, I pray, as always, that you protect the words that are coming out of my mouth, those who are here, and as I speak, God, it's always more of you and less of me. It has to be. Pray this. You bless this message. Spirit, I pray you show up and you teach us. You, you give us what we need, what we need to understand. Let's be more like you in every way. I would love you. Thank you. Let me pray. Amen. Daniel was a, a young man depending on, on, on how you look at it or how he's been studied, uh, they assume that right around 18, 19 years old, he found himself in captivity. Nebuchadnezzar rolls in with, with the Babylonians, and, and they overthrow Israel, and um, partly because Israel has failed to live up to God's potential and, and God's requirements for them. You know, so they, they brought it on themselves, and, and so Daniel is a, a man of noble birth who, who finds himself now captured. I don't know about you, but, but if someone were to ever show up into the country that we live in and take us all captive, I think it would really shake up everything. I mean, imagine that, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting and you're relaxing and you're going about your day and you're planning out your week. And then all of a sudden a king shows up, 
takes your nation captive, takes you captive. Um, Nebuchadnezzar requested that uh, to take the nobility, the, the strong young men, and to, to bring them into his courts. And so here Daniel finds himself, not even quite an adult, and he finds himself living in captivity. What do we do when we find ourselves in captivity? That's the point of this, this series, is, is we're looking at some of the valleys that, that we go through as Christians. That the life is not always easy. I mean, would we agree? Would you agree that it's not always easy? Right? I think that as believers, we have this idea, and, and I've heard people say, well, I'm a Christian now. Great. You, you have an incredible gift and knowledge of who God is and who Christ is, but life still happens. Bad things happen to good people all the time. Bad things happen to Christians all the time. You and I are not exempt from the struggles of this world, but the difference is, is you and I can rest assured in two things. One, that the God of all creation is working everything out for the good of those who love him. And that two, if we can stay close to God, if we can lean in when it gets tough, then we're going to find ourselves getting through whatever's coming. So Daniel finds himself in the courts. He finds himself in, among the, the men. And Nebuchadnezzar is, he wants to feed them. He wants to make sure they're good. He, he wants to do everything that he can. To, he really is just, he's looking at this group of, of young men. He's trying to figure out who's next. Who, who's going to serve me next? So Daniel 1, verse 8, chapter 20, uh, or verses 8 through 21. Said, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why would uh, he see you looking worse? Why should he see you looking worse when the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. By the way, those last three names would eventually, actually all of their names would be changed. It says, please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this, and he tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nursed than any of the young men who ate the royal food. By the way, if you ever need a verse of scripture that says you should eat your vegetables and drink water, that's one of them. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nursed than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guards took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds, and literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time, said by the king to bring them to the service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal. 
to Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. So, so Daniel is, he comes into, listen, this, this situation is not, it's not an easy one. But, but, but Daniel is, is and we're going to see this, Daniel is a man who has great character. He, he, he walks into this presence, he understands the situation, he knows who God is, he understands that they're in exile, that they're under the oppression now and, and rules of, of the king of Babylon. And, and what he does is he determines for himself that even in this valley, even in this time that, listen, I don't want to be here. He commits that I'm going to do my best to be my best. So, so that's what he does. He gets together with these other three men, and they show themselves, and they eat well, and they take care of themselves. And in 10 days, King Nebuchadnezzar comes back and finds that there's no one among them, no one among these four that have the kind of character and the wisdom and the knowledge that they have. And, and so Daniel sets out, and listen, we, we need to understand this because in a couple chapters later when we, when we get to really one of the biggest moments of Daniel's life, his character is going to come into play. I, I, I'm, I'm all about the idea that, that a lot of times we can develop our character in valleys. I, I believe that. But, but I, I also believe that we should learn to develop our character before those things happen, right? The, the kind of person you want to be before the event, whatever that might be, before a job loss, before, you know, the chance to, if you're accused of something or your, your marriage is falling apart or, or whatever it is, like whatever th- that is, the kind of person you want to be, I think you should figure out how to, be that person now so when that time comes, you're in a better place to handle it. So I, I can prove that real simple. Uh, last Sunday I wasn't here. Uh, Russell Johnson was, and I was really excited. Uh, if you've ever talked to him, I, I mean, the guy could probably convince me to get saved again, <laughs> like even though I don't need to. Like this is how he is. Like he's a wonderful man, wonderful personality. Uh, but I was not. I, I was actually doing training uh, with my brother's fire department. Uh, so I, I became uh, the chaplain of their fire department uh, a couple months ago, and they had some training this weekend, so I took some vacation time. And so what I got to do last weekend was to drive fire trucks. You guys ever done that? No? It's really fun, by the way. Now, I was in a parking lot. They're not letting me on the road yet, although I did drive from the parking lot to the station, so that kind of made me feel special. And I got to drive an ambulance. And so this is all part of it, but, but one of the, the reasons that they do this, right, if you're a first responder, and by the way, I am not, so I, I, Lord willing, I'm hoping to get to that place and help out, but I'm not. Um, if you've ever been uh, the first, when I was four, 15 years old, I worked at this department with my brother, and the first fire that I went on, the toner went on, the tone went off, I got to the station, 
And upon arriving at the scene, I had left my coat, my jacket, I had left my jacket, my helmet, and my gloves at the station, and the pager I had on me had got run over by the truck. <laughs> Listen, I was like 20 years ago. I'm better now. Uh, but, but in the moment, when that first happened, right, the, if you've ever, like, shown up to a fire station or, you know, like that adrenaline's running, your brain's going crazy, you're trying to figure out what to do. And, and so the reason that they do training is so when that moment comes, when you arrive at the station and you have to quickly and efficiently get to a call, you already are trained how to do it, right? So you're instantly, muscle memory kicks over. You flip on the switch, you turn on the light, you turn on the lights, uh, you hit the siren, you open up the garage door, you unplug the truck, you drive off. If you've trained to do that, when that moment comes, you're going to be a whole lot better than someone like me that doesn't have that experience, because in that moment, I would probably lose focus, right? So that, that's why they train. And, and so Daniel has created and designed for himself, he, he has decided that no matter what comes, there's two things that he's going to do. One, he's going to stay attached to God. He, he's not going to let that go away. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later when I talk about his prayer life. But two, even in the situation that he doesn't want to be in, he's going to be the best version of himself. He's not concerned so much with what other people think of him, but he understands who he's representing. And so he finds himself in this situation, he's in captivity. He's probably not with his family. He's serving a king that does not believe in his God. And in, in his mind, this is, I mean, I don't know about you, but that would probably be one of the lowest points of my life. Daniel has decided that he is going to be who God's called him to be, even in the midst of that. I think that that's huge. And I think that and we're going to see that Daniel developed this mentality through a couple things, and one of them was his prayer life with God was phenomenal. He, he made sure that even though he was worshiping God in a foreign land, that he wasn't ever going to let anyone get in the way of his relationship with God. It, his prayer life was important. Jump ahead to 1947. Talk about men who have great character. The Jackie Robinson signed with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1947. and became the first African-American Major League Baseball player since 1889. He grew up in Georgia, where his family were sharecroppers. Beginning then and throughout his life, he experienced plenty of prejudice. Robinson became a skilled athlete in baseball, basketball, football, and track. He later served in the military, but an attempt to court-martial him for resisting racial discrimination there led to an honorable discharge. He played one year in the Negro Baseball League, but it was an exhausting ordeal as he navigated segregation. The biographical sketch on Jackie Robinson's website says, When Jackie first donned a Brooklyn Dodger uniform, he pioneered the integration of professional athletics in America. By breaking the Keller barrier in baseball, the nation's preeminent sport, 
He courageously challenged the deeply rooted custom of racial segregation in both the North and the South. He endured significant racism in response to his courage. In 1947, Robinson walked out on the diamond as baseball's first black player. Ugly abuse was spewed at him. He met with shouts and beanballs and received hate mail that carried threats to his life. Despite Robinson's success, there were restaurants that wouldn't serve him, hotels where he could not stay, and he had to sell appliances to make ends meet. The same year he joined the major leagues, he was awarded National League Rookie of the Year. He hit 12 homers, led the league in stolen bases, and had .297 batting average. In 1949, he became the first African-American to win the National League's Most Valuable Player title and led the league in .342 batting average and most stolen bases. And Robinson demonstrated strength of character and horrific racism, amid horrific racism. Character enabled him to respond to hardship, and hardship also shaped him, and it made the way for others coming after him. The, the story of Jackie Robinson is, is brilliant. He, he did something that, that listen, I, not a lot of people could do. But, but, but it, it goes back to the same concept of, of Daniel. They, they both had this great character. They, they had, des, in their minds, they had decided that who they are, the kind of men they were going to be, was not going to be changed by outside circumstances. Listen, as, as Christian believers, I can tell you right now that there's a lot of pressure on us in this world. I'm, I'm not unaware of that. From all sides. But, but who we are, the type of men and women we choose to be when adversity comes, can be life-changing. Not just for us, but, but for those around us. I mean, think about it. Daniel would set the tone for a man who was taken from his own country, who still lived and was his, the best person he could be, and he still continued to honor God. And, and, and we'll see the fruit of that many, many years later. Seventy-some years captivity. Jackie Robinson was the same. He, he would set the stage for, for the idea that, you know, the racial barrier that existed in sports, and, and we see it now, how much it's changed. But, but these men had resolved to be men of good character. I, I cannot stress how important that is, to have good character. When you're, think about it, when you're Let's talk social media, right? Because everyone loves social media. If you saw me up here preaching on a Sunday morning, and then you connect with me on Facebook, and on my Facebook I'm sharing all this inappropriate stuff and you know bad music and you know things that I shouldn't be sharing, and you know you're you're gonna you're gonna look at that and you're gonna, you're gonna have a really hard time separating the two. You're going you're gonna to wonder, how is it that this guy can do this and then stand in a pulpit and do this? And, 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 and so, it, it, listen, it's not to say that I'm perfect because I'm not by any means. But, but how people see you is how they see God a lot of times. Think about that. You, you represent Jesus in everything 
that you do. And, and, and I think that we, we have to take that seriously that, because the reason why, statistically, if you look at it, the reason why most people don't go to church is because of church people. I hate that. But it's because we live two separate lives. And, and Daniel had resolved to be the same person consistently no matter what happened to him. And listen, what was about to come next, I can't even imagine. I, I can't even imagine. Starting in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel had gained favor. He, people were, they looked up to him. Uh, the kings recognized what he had done. He, he was an interpreter of dreams. He, he found himself sitting at the top. Starting in verse 1, it says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one whom was Daniel. This was a man from another land, a foreign land uh, who was, came in as a slave, is now sitting at the top of a ruling body. Said that the satraps were more accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators of the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel had made himself so known that Darius was about to put him in charge of the kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. So, so these men are not exactly thrilled. I, imagine, like, I, I realize that there are times when we feel persecuted. <laughs> I'm going to say this gingerly, but probably not. There's, time when we, there's times when we feel persecuted, and, and honestly, if we're really being honest with ourselves, it's our own fault. <laughs> it's because of something we did or a lie that we told, or, or we were being dishonest in our workplace. And, and listen, I, I've been privileged in my life to sit in manager positions, and then I've had people who I was about to fire come in, and instead of owning their mistakes, it was everyone else's fault. So, so don't get me wrong, I, I think that we can be confused, and sometimes we think that the consequences we experience are... They're our own fault. Now, that's not always the case. In, in the case of Daniel, he was honorable, he was noble, there was nothing wrong. This group of men just didn't like him because they, in no way, shape, or form, wanted him to be over them. And so they decided that there's, it even says, we can find nothing wrong with him. So they made a plan. So these administrators and state traps, one as a group, and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. 
So basically they're saying, listen, king, you, you, you glorious king, we love you. You should make a rule that says that no one can praise anyone but you. And Darius is like, yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. And, and so he puts it into effect. It's, it's because they knew what was coming. So this, for 30 days, no one is allowed to pray to any other god or any other person. And, and so here you have this, this, this moral dilemma with, with Daniel, because Daniel is serving Yahweh, Jehovah. He's, he's serving uh, the God of his forefathers, even, even under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar and now under Darius. You know, David or Daniel still has this dedication to his God, our God, the creator of the universe. And, and so the, the royal decree goes out that no one, no one is allowed to pray to any other God for fear of being thrown into the lion's den. Now, this, this is where his character really comes into play. Because if, if we're honest with ourselves, when push comes to shove a lot of times, a lot of us want to take the easy way out. We do. You have a broken relationship, needs mending, and eh, you just ignore it until it goes away. You're not doing stuff at your job, correct? Well, that's not your fault. It's because everyone else is bad at their job. Your finances are a mess. It's not because you're not saving, but it's because you're out there buying stuff that you don't need. I mean, and, and, and this is where, especially as a, as a believer, like our character comes into play is, is when the world comes at us and when things become difficult, you know, the moment of the valley, whatever that is, financial loss, marriage loss, death, whatever, like how we react in those moments defines where we are and, and, and the kind of person we want to be. And, and Daniel is, is a man of great character, and so he finds this decree and he hears the decree, and, and I, love, I love what he does. I love Daniel. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs rooms, upstairs room, where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Listen, he, he wasn't trying to hide this. He goes upstairs to his room where the windows open to Jerusalem, and three times a day, just as he had done before. He, he had established this pattern in his life. This discipline of prayer. Three times a day, he was going to give God the credit and the focus that he needed. And so at the fear and, and, and knowing that his life was on the line, Daniel's response is to immediately go back to what he was doing before. He goes back and he prays to God. And, and, and part of me wonders, like, in that moment, I'd like to imagine that he, he just prayed and was like, Whatever happens, happens. Because he wasn't ashamed of it. He wasn't ashamed of his faith. Are we? 
Are we ashamed of the God that we serve? Are we ashamed of having faith? So I, I know a lot of people that they go to work and they never mention the name of Jesus. And, and the excuse is almost always the same. Well, I don't want to rough any feathers. Okay. Or, or they have a friend who, who needs to know Jesus and, you know, they don't, want to ha- they don't want to share their faith, so the response is, well, it's their life. No, no, it is. You're not wrong. But, but <laughs> the God that you serve, the God that you love, the God that died for you, expects you to take what he's given you and to pass it on to your kids, to your family, to your friends, to your workplace, to your school. I, like, this is what it means. And, and the, to me, this is part of what it is to have strong Christian characters, that I'm a Christian no matter the situation that I'm in. I don't, I don't get to pick and choose. Like, I serve God in all instances of my life. And, and listen, for me, that means that there's stuff I've got to work on because there's things that I need to get rid of and there's things that I need to get better at. But, but Daniel decides in his mind that even under fear of death, that he is going to give God the glory. And, and so he does exactly that, goes home, prays three times like he had been. Then these men one as a group, and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, I mean, they knew, they weren't dumb, that anyone who prays to any god or human being except for you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then the king, uh, then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to, to you. Your majesty, or do you decree, uh, or to the decree you put in writing, he still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. And the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. By the way, it's such a weird rule that you know the king can say something that can never be changed. I never understood the thought process there. So the king gave the order, and he brought Daniel, and he threw him into the lion's den. The king said to the Daniel, the, the king said to Daniel, "This is my, one of my favorite parts." It says, "May your God, who you serve continually, rescue you." And as Darius throws him into the pit, there is not a single doubt in his mind that he has been serving God continuously. He doesn't even doubt it. He says, may your God, who you have served continuously. If you do the math, 70 years by the time I think Darius shows up, if you look at, I think, the... The time frame for the Babylonian Nebuchadnezzar about 70 years. So Daniel at this point uh, is probably somewhere in his mid-80s, maybe a little older. And his reputation as an old man is that I have been serving God for a very long time. And nothing has stopped me. No kingdom, no king, no decree, nothing. But, But when I, if Lord willing, if I live to be 90, that's my reputation that I want. 
that this dude has lived for God his entire life, no matter what. So, so Daniel finds himself thrown into the lion's den. By the way, I, I think it's important to put that in perspective, right? Because a lot of times, I think, when we think about Daniel, like he's like this young guy, going to go in there and like fight the lion. He wasn't. But, but he, he finds himself in the den, And Darius says, I hope your God protects you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed off with his own signet ring, with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den, when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God. Darius, Darius had made this decree that no one could pray to any other God. And, and Darius is now saying, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouth of the lion. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Daniel was a man of incredible character, but an incredible prayer life. Do you know the kind of prayer life you have to have to be thrown into a lion's den and still trust that God's going to bring you out the other side of it? Listen, I, I've never in my life like been thrown into a lion's den. Ever. I, I, I hope it never happens. When I go to the zoo, I tap on the glass to make sure it's a little more secure. I'm a big dude. Seeing some of those things, it would eat me in one bite. <laughs> but but, but I, I've, I've been thrown into situations in my life that were out of my control. I've been blamed for things. I've, I've been accused of things. I, I, I found myself in valleys that, that I would never wish upon my worst enemy. And in a lot of that, there's nothing that I could have done and in my mind, I don't even think I deserved it. Listen, Daniel didn't deserve what happened to him. He, he had done nothing wrong. But even though his life was at stake, he refused to give up his relationship with God. He wasn't going to let any king tell him otherwise. He, he wasn't going to let anyone get in the way of his relationship with God, even to the point of death. And, and, and what I love about the, what happens in the lion's den is Darius, you saw this, we didn't talk about it, but earlier in the, the book of Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar throws three men into the fiery flame, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, that would become their names. And... and God spares them from the fire, and as they come out, Nebuchadnezzar's like, whoa. <laughs> like, this God you serve is, is really, really is powerful. 
And, and so Darius, he, he sees that Daniel was spared. And, and I can only imagine that Darius was like, whoa, that this God that you pray to really is the living God. Because when, when people see how you and I react to situations, our character, that hopefully lets them see that the God we serve is doing something different in our lives. I don't want to look like everyone else. The, the word holy means to be set apart. I, I want the world to see me and think that I look different. Because I want them to see what I have, not because I care that they acknowledge that. I don't need you guys to tell me how cool you think I am. Like, I, I really don't. Ed shaking his <laughs> Like, I don't. I don't need that from you. But, but I want to live in such a way that, that the people around me think, maybe there really is something to this living God that he serves. And then on the other side of it is, is David's, Daniel's prayer life was so focused that even when the world told him to stop, Daniel's like, nope, I'm not giving it up. Like, he was so tuned in to God. He was so focused in, and his prayer life was such an important part of his life that even a decree that could kill him was not enough to stop it. I know people who can't find five minutes to pray during the day for whatever reason. I don't know. There's a thousand of them. Right, because but Daniel's he stayed in tune with God. And even in the valley he was a man who was above reproach. The way he lived his life made an impact. And so when he was thrown into the lion's den, he wasn't worried about it. Listen, the valleys we go through, they're difficult. I'm not gonna act like I know what you're going through. I'm not going to act like I understand where you are in a particular season of your life, but what I know is if you're not in a valley now, you should probably start preparing for one. Because they come. They happen. You're not going to avoid it. If you prepare yourself now when the valley comes, I want to say it's going to make it easier because it's not. It, I don't think it makes it easier. But I think God in us the most when we're at our worst and we're still giving him our best. That sounds like a lot, right? I mean, I just probably wrote that down. It sounds confusing, I know. Like when we're in the darkest moments of our life, the way we carry ourselves, whether or not we stay attached to him, whether or not we believe that he really is who he says he is. Like, people look at that, and they think that either A, that he really is the God of all things, and the God that we tell them, or that he's just something we've made up. In the great distress, in the moment of the lion's den, decides that no matter what, I'm going to give God my all. I'm going to be the best person that I can be. Even coming out of the the, the den, and, and upon seeing everything that has happened, King Darius says, praise the living God that you serve. Your character matters. Your prayer life matters. 
the valleys are going to come. Always. You can't stop that. But what you can control is who you are and even more, whose you belong, who you belong to. Those are the two things, who I am and the God that I belong to. If I can focus on there's nothing that can stop me. Let's pray. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. Hey, if you want to learn more about our church, check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on Facebook at Refocus Christian Church. We're located in Fallonby, West Virginia. Uh, we'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing in our people, in our community, in our church. All right. Later.